Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Radio 1360, KKTX0608. Kicking off the weekend, buddy Tyler Thorson's on the KKTX hotline. Visit his website, corpusfishing.com. And how is the man with a particular skill set this morning? <laughs> I'm particularly good this morning. Thank you very much. I'm uh, yeah. very glad to hear that. I went to uh, Town & Country yesterday to pick up a Island Moon, but it hadn't gotten there yet. And then I tried online, but it's uh, not up this morning. Did uh, Dale get around to that turtle story for this week? I was edition? looking for the same. I, I don't know. I was looking for the same thing. So uh, I'll find out, I guess, when, when you find out. I'll, I'll pick it up this morning. I might head out to the island, depending on what Nick's report is uh, out there for the surf. So we'll see how that works out. But, yeah, I was looking for that. So we'll see how that works out with the uh, the turtles. But, you know, that's down the line. But it was interesting to, to find out about that little cabal on the East Coast that are squeezing money away from here. So, yeah, um, go shed light on that. So, But they've been squeezing money away from here for a long time. You know, that every- replenishment that there's like a, there's like a billion dollars in that. And all of it goes to the East and West Coast. Yeah, that's that's true, because they they. Uh, it's kind of like the uh, electoral college. They have more yelling souls out there than we do. Yeah. And they don't care so much about flyover country. I think it really is true. It's, it's like when it, with the Heisman trophy, it's always see the East coast guys and the West coast guys are up for stuff normally. Um, anyway, that's how things roll that way. But Hey, I had a good report yesterday. I went to uh, the beach for the Noises County coastal parks board meeting. Mm-hmm. And finally the surf was coming down and finally it wasn't Brown. It was uh, greening up some and, uh, Really enjoyed going out there and seeing the conditions get better. Um, they were catching hardheads, and they had uh, Jack Cravel and Black Drum and some gaff top out there. Then I talked to the folks at D.C. headquarters. Man, uh, this weekend's like two to three foot seas through Monday. So I called out to D.C. headquarters. Just I know they're catching snapper. I said, well, in addition to snapper, what are you getting? Because, oh, we're getting a lot of king mackerel. Uh, we're getting a few ling and a few mahi-mahi. And I asked her uh, – what the size of the snapper were? She goes, they're like ten to fifteen pounds. Oh <laughs> my! Really? Oh, remember when? What? When, yeah, when we went out on Mike Scott's boat that one time, that yeah. was what eight years, seven years ago, and they were like six to eight pounds, weren't they? Something like yeah. that. So yeah, yeah. They were uh, they were getting a lot bigger. So anyway, that was nice to hear that. Have and you, I talked to. Uh, I haven't seen Charlie. What? You know, I don't think I've seen Charlie Gola since then. It's been a while because he was working out of town. He go out of Florida. Yeah. Uh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> we need to do that. That has been a long time. No, no, no. We we can't do that. But we could shore fish. I'll do that with you guys. So Hey, maybe. Go ahead. Maybe we can get your, uh, your brain worked on. Maybe it fixed that. We, we could try it out. You know? 
after your last episode, maybe the, the, the artery clean out uh, made you good. I guess uh, you don't want to try that, but I understand. <laughs> no, you remember, you remember how. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, Ling, though, I, I do like that. It's uh, really good eating fish. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they had a lot of those. Um, Nick was talking about, you remember that, that uh, Glenn Professor Salt that had that pet mahi that he found at, yeah, like, yeah. in the net at Packard? Yeah. Well, Nick said that one of his guys, Terry Samuels, was uh, grabbing up some sargasm and found found one in the sargasm mat. Wow. So that was kind of cool. I thought you you might remember that, but uh, that was interesting to hear about that. I uh, saw uh, Dean Thomas was out there on the flats. The the water has come down from what it has been. So he was out there with kayaks on the flats up in Aransas Pass and catching redfish on top waters. Uh, his favorites, the little spook juniors in the bone color. Um, I did get a hold of Aubrey Black finally, and he said, I was saying, hey, man, what's happening down there? He says, well, uh, we're not uh, getting a lot of uh, big fish. We we did have a 28-inch trout today, but most of our, uh, we're getting good numbers of trout, like in the eating size, 15 to 18 inches right now. He says redfish have been kind of slow down there, but they're uh, catching most of them all on uh, any kind of soft plastics, paddle tails in no particular color, but they are using those, uh, he his, has those Black's Magic jig heads. They're like a 30-second ounce. So which they'll they'll stay in the in the bite column a lot longer because they don't sink so fast. But I don't know how he throws them against the wind with a with a bait casting reel. But uh, <laughs> good for him. Uh, but those are working well for him. I did uh, also get a message from David Rousey about uh, Baffin. He says, you know, he always fishes uh, lures only and goes for big trout. He says it's been tough, you know, but when he's been able to get down there in the wind, he's fishing, catching most of the better trout on deep structure down there. And he says, for all of you folks that like to have fish fries. He says there are a lot of black drum schooling up on those deep rocks down there, too. So um, if you want to load up on fish, which we did, a friend of mine caught some last week. We had a fish fry, and it was great. It was uh, black drum. You can't beat it. Did y'all put cornmeal on them and fry them? Or yeah, he that Louisiana fish fry stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know it's not not, not keto for me, but I, I just you know I had a few bites and it was really really good. Uh, my friend friend Jason Zeppelin caught him um, walking in some of those places on the backside of a Mustang. All right, and they're 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 uh, eager to please sometimes too. So I'm hoping the surf's going to calm down. But uh, Packery was another good place they caught a lot of black drum at last week. Uh, Tyler out at the Causeway said, hey. Um, he gave a tip to go out there and he said people came in there with like limits and, and it left them biting. So, you know, anywhere around those turnarounds, like where you, you know, where you, where you have the no wake zone starting the mm. turnaround over by the bridge, good places to try. Well, I, um, I drove out to the uh, pens yesterday. I didn't spend a lot of time there, maybe an hour, but, but I saw a guy in the uh, surf and, um, he was using a fly rod <laughs> and he it had, can be done. And he had a, um, it looked like the, when he cast, it looked like the sun was, uh, uh, reflecting off, uh, some silver spinner or something like that. I would think he would be using something with Myler on it. It looks like a shad, probably a, they call him a clouser. Yeah. Uh, that's what I would be using. There's, there's a lot of bait in the water and, Something like that usually works good. Um, I haven't evolved to that point. You know, it's like uh, deer hunters go from like, you know, doing the, the gun stuff and then they'll go to archery and then they just go to taking pictures of them. It's kind of like fishermen. Fishermen go from 
fishing with bait and bobbers, then they go to lures, then they go to uh, soft plastics, and then they go to top waters, and then they go to fly fishing. And I haven't, I'm, I'm stuck on top waters for right now. So oh. <laughs> I don't, I have a hard enough time catching fish on top waters, let alone trying to cast into a, a four o'clock blow into the surf. But I'll get there one day. Did, did I send you that text about, do you think the uh, tourism people do enough, if anything, to um, promote the fishing opportunities? Uh, no, but you and I talked about that with, uh, I think you even talked with Paulette Kluge about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm all over that. Uh, it's, it's really undersold around here, but, you know, there's plenty of people that know about it. But uh, the, the great thing about here is that, you know, no matter what's going on, if it's windy or too rough out in the surf, you can always go back at Plan B and, and fish in the Laguna or uh, do something else like bird watching. Uh, I've been going out to the Oso Preserve, and there's still folks out there well, with binoculars. The reason I ask is, is this. D- um, do you know how many visitors the the pins get a year? It's over a million, isn't it? It's, I think it was last I checked, it was about 870,000, something like that. So it's about it's the same thing as North Beach with uh, the aquarium and, and, uh, and the Lexington? Yeah, that's that's my understanding. The last numbers I had on that were around eight hundred fifty thousand. But that's been, you know, when we did that scoping meeting stuff with you and I, and going out to the right. college, and that was what it was about, you know, eight hundred fifty thousand. What ten years ago? Something. I, I assume it's a little bit more than that. Um, well, here it, the it reason does. I the reason I ask is uh, one of the um, premises that uh, this task force is selling is. Look, there are already 850,000 people that visit the Texas State Aquarium and the Lexington in a year. What we would like to do is extend their stay for about 48 hours, if we can, or four hours, or, you know, they'll just spend more money here. But there's not an effort. And is the island taking care of that with uh, the Waves Resort? Well, I think it all has to do with occupancy and the number of hotels around. A lot of folks are day trippers now because there's a lot of not like enough places to stay in Port Aransas or, uh, you know, with the Holiday Inn down on the island, the same kind of thing. So I'm not sure about that. The tourism folks could probably tell you more about the hotel rates and and how long folks are staying. Hmm. Well, I just wonder why we don't worry about the uh, fisher persons. I mean, here here's the other thing that I don't get. What you? It's free. You know you. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's, <laughs> it can be, or you can you can hire a guide, or, or go out yeah. on a party boat. It's several, you know, whatever ways. you want to make it. Yeah. All right, buddy. I'll. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, visit Tyler. Hey, I'll, I'll keep in touch. All right. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. News Radio 1360 KKTX. My friend Neil Stewart coming up at 635. Uh, Paulette Kluge, my daughter Jordan, and uh, coming up in just about an hour. Let me, I, I didn't watch the... Uh, debate last night. I don't feel 
guilty at all. Uh, President Trump pretty much summed it up for me in his tweet yesterday. Boring. I mean, the fact that it is so early in the election cycle to have a debate in 2016, by the time we got to November, uh, a whole lot of people were complaining about election fatigue. And that time around, the first debate took place in August. So I figure at this rate, Fatigue's going to kick in before Super Tuesday. <laughs> there's a, look, there's only so much I'm more radical than you are. I can endure before I want to suck a tailpipe. So it's June, y'all. It's way too early. And by September, I'm guessing at least six or seven of these candidates won't be around anymore. But. But who the heck knows? Elizabeth Warren, holy mackerel, she delivered just about every remark in that hysterical pitch of a paranoid schizophrenic grandma demanding to know why all the songs on the radio are telling her to kill her parrot. Or Julio Castro, who claimed his working class background meant that he knew what it was like to rent a house. Mr. Castro does not speak Spanish. (laughs) But he pronounced Jose and Oscar and Honduras with the exaggerated care of a white Dos pitch man. And Beto O'Rourke, for God's sakes, broke out in Spanish while Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren. I don't even know what kind of expression Cory Booker had on his. Booker's horror was understandable. He had memorized his own speech in bad Spanish and Beto's stunt uh, upstage his. But I meant to be curious in a way. I'm curious to see if the candidates pig pile on Joe Biden. And who doesn't want to hear Kirsten uh, Gildebrand call President Trump a coward for the umpteenth time and, 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 and find all kinds of weird reasons to insert the word brave in every sentence she uses? And, and, and apparently uh, that uh, glitch that they had that I was talking about yesterday, uh, President Trump got the last laugh. I posted that on the uh, Facebook page. That um, the Carpe uh, Dunctum video, boy, it was embarrassing. The rest of the stuff went kind of like this. You know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. I supported the ERA from the very beginning. I'm the guy that extended the Voting Rights Act for 25 years. Joe Biden was right when he said it was time to pass the torch to a new generation of Americans 32 years ago. He's still right today. People who have health care under Medicare for all will have no premiums, no deductibles, no co-payments, no out-of-pocket expenses. Yes, they will pay more in taxes, but less in health care. This White House has divided us around a consensus. Issues. The American people want a pathway to citizenship. They want a protections for dreamers. We need to clean up the lawful immigration system. The bottom line is if we don't clearly define that we are not socialists, 
The Republicans are going to come at us every way they can and def- and call us socialists. Keep your pistols, keep your rifles, keep your shotguns, but we can take the most dangerous weapons from the most dangerous people. And what would that be? I have no idea. He got me. I don't know either. Maybe he's talking about power. I have no Isn't idea. Isn't it a good idea to remember your... Communicating with people, it's really good if they understand what you're talking about. They should understand the point, yeah. (laughs) So you got online polls. Uh, Apparently the uh, Drudge Report had uh, Gabbard running away with the thing. Nearly 30 points ahead of second place Elizabeth Warren, who lied about everything she said. No, I'm serious. Uh... Beto, this uh, is exactly why you never let a student grade their own work. Beto gave himself an A. Now, maybe it was different for people who watched the entire debate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But, you know, God giving himself an A. Mm, unless he's grading on a curve, you know, a very, very steep curve. Beto O'Rourke is God's gift to the bell curve. There you are. Bernie Sanders. Tulsi Gabbard. Leon Castro. Beto O'Rourke. Elizabeth Warren. John Delaney. Kirsten Gillibrand from New York. Cory Booker. Andrew Yang. I'm Bill de Blasio. Tim Ryan. Michael Bennett. I'm Eric Swalwell. Marianne Williams. Joe Biden. <laughs> I'm Jay Inslee. Kamala Harris. My name is Pete Buttigieg. I'm Amy Klobuchar, and I approve this message. I'm John Hickenlooper. Skinny kid with a funny last name. Now, who the hell's going to beat me? Their policies are just insane. Gun control. Equality. Climate change. Voting rights. Campaign finance. Free tuition. Living wage. Do not deny social justice. Join the fight. Identify. A woman's right. It's true. No excuse. No, we, we can't afford to lose. And they're all saying the same thing. <laughs> <coughs> I got a... I got a message from Hummel yesterday, and it led me to um, this latest Supreme Court uh, decision and gerrymandering. I'll try to squeeze that in. Uh, Neil Stewart coming up right after this. Radio 1360, KKTX, Paulette Kluge, and my daughter Jordan coming up in just about an hour. Brother Dave's got all your sports. All-star starters, Astros lead with three.
and it's the youngest field ever in baseball. Holy mackerel. My good buddy, Neil Stewart, is on the KKTX hotline. He um, dusted off his pirate hat and got after it for about two and a half weeks. Where did you go? Well, he started off in Puerto Rico and went through the United States Virgin Islands, through the British Virgin Islands, and then turned around and came back. I have a friend who lives um, in St. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, you know, the hurricane, it did do some damage there, and they're still suffering through it just a little bit, Um, especially the British Virgin Islands. But, you know, the damage is mostly done in the reef, in the reefs, the coral and stuff, because people think, oh, it's underwater. Well, it still gets crushed with these waves and the wind, you know, everything else. And and, uh, Laura and I spent, I don't know, a week, I guess, uh, or I guess five days in Puerto Rico in the El Yunque Rainforest. Now, two years ago, right after the hurricane, it was defoliated pretty much, and we talked about that briefly. But the, but you know, that's two that's two years ago now, almost. And the, believe it or not, the forest has just come back. I mean, it's just prolific. It's amazing what 120 inches of of rain per year will do for oh, yeah. any plant. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> but it's, it's beautiful. It is absolutely gorgeous, though. It's really come back, and it's uh, ready for tourism again. And this is Puerto Rico, and it's uh, it's beautiful. We, we we love it there in Puerto Rico, and 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 always always enjoy it. But we had a good time. We were uh, not quite ready to come back yet, but that's okay. We're back and raring to go again. Um, I've noticed some of the uh, crepe myrtles are around town are. Uh, slower to bloom. Some, especially the um, white ones, are on their uh, second bloom, that uh, smaller bloom after the first spectacular one. Yeah, that's that's always, you know, the, the you and I both love the nature's crepe myrtle. It's the white one. It's got the beautiful, beautiful bark. It fluffs off. It has the different colors in it. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful crepe myrtle. You're right, that would be after the first big bloom, um, they do tend to put out some more blooms, especially if you trim them back just a little bit, trim, trim the old blooms off. It'll 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 spurt out a new growth of uh, of new blooms, but they're not quite as big. But that's okay; they still they're still blooming. Now some of them have just now started their first bloom that I've noticed, and it's just it's just several different reasons. Number one, it's just they're just fickle about it; they just don't want to throw it out there, but. Some of them do have some insects on them. They're the aphids. They'll have and the spider mites. Just love cray myrtles. Mm-hmm. So it's time to go ahead and treat those things. You have to you can use one of two, you know, a couple of different things. One of the things I use, I like to use on cray myrtles, especially, is the insecticidal soap, and that that kills most all your little bugs, especially the aphids. It'll dock aphids right off. If you notice your cray myrtles have that black sooty mold. Like a black fungus growing all over yeah. the leaves and other branches. Aphids. Yep, those are aphids. Now sometimes there'll be uh, spider mites too, but the aphids really, really will show up like that, and they're easy to kill. But you got to do it, otherwise the plant will get nasty. That sooty mold, as you well know, is the aphid or insect poop. Yeah, that makes that you know. So you need to get that off there. It's just kind of unsightly, and it does damage the plant. But it, it they'll they'll suffer through it. But they really are. It's kind of tough on them, though, so get that well, taken care of as soon as possible. It's a 
It's an incredible thing because I've got those uh, three crepe myrtles. And by the way, that uh, crepe myrtle that I had that makes up that triad that provides a canopy on my patio. Yeah. It it stunted last year. I I went to the um, you know A and M extension office and um, showed them pictures. And I I just I went back and I deep root fed it and it came back this year. It didn't bloom as well as the other two, but. It still did, but the scent of the of the of the uh, Natchez it it's the it's the white one that smells good, yeah. and yep. it smells a lot like um, honeysuckle. And the the night blooming jasmine has a little bit uh, more, I don't know, uh, sweet to it. But you, you know, I I want to um, I I let my um, uh, some plant I've got in the backyard, uh, lantana. It it got up to it was taller than Pamela. Wow. Yeah. But they're good. That's a good plant. You know, especially was it blooming really well in your backyard? You get a lot of shade. Oh yeah, it's blooming really well. And it, it I, I think I'm going to plant some red uh, because I got that confetti looking thing. I'm going to plant some red on the other side, oh, just yeah. to. You know, take up some room. But one of the things that I, I was thinking about the other day, I was uh, standing in a pasture, and this was back uh, when the Weesatch was uh, blooming. Right. That's the best very, smelling. Very yeah. <laughs> they are absolutely wonderfully fla- uh, fragrant. And it's kind of, it's it's not so citrusy. It's more of a, I don't know, uh, an orangey, Jasmine kind of smell. Yeah, you know, it, you you go back down, like going towards uh, Lake Corpus Christi, Lake Mathis. You know, they you go down these back roads, you see these people driving down the road with their heads sticking out the window like a dog. Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> smelling the weed and it's a right. weed. It is, but it's wild. When that thing blooms, it it is fantastic. It's just a, it's very very strong, and, and it's. You just don't want to breathe out. You just want to keep breathing in. It's so well, strong. It's I, very cool. I, I I was thinking about taking some of the um, uh, junkier stuff out of uh, the back where I've got the plumeria, and uh, I I get pusly to either dig me up a couple. Hell, sage grows wild out there too at the uh, lake, <laughs> it does. and they're or, you know six eight foot tall. They're huge. Either that or I'll go down to uh, the Hubert's and just dig up a couple of weeds. They're such a pest. They're easy to grow, aren't they? They are very easy to grow, and that's how they get so many of them. The birds dropping, they eat the seed. Their birds eat the seed, and they'll, they'll and that's why the ranchers, they don't like them. Ranchers do not like that weed thrash, and uh, they try to get rid of it, but the but that's why there's so many of them out, so much of it out there, because the birds will deposit their seeds everywhere, and they'll have weed patch trees, bushes all over the place. But when they bloom, you're right, though, it's just it's phenomenal, and they'll bloom very long. And that's the that's the that's the thing that's the thing about it. They just you know it's just a couple of weeks. It's kind of like a mountain laurel. They're bright, you know, mountain laurel, yeah, bright yellow. Yeah, the yeah, yeah, the weed patch is bright yellow. The mountain laurel is that deep that purple, purple one. Yeah. Yep, but they bloom about the same time, and they bloom. They're very, very, very fragrant, but they only last a couple of weeks, and they're just 
green, for, you know, the, yeah. especially the Balor is green for the rest of the year. But they're both great plants. I, I've never seen anybody plant one in their yard, though. But you might be a first. <laughs> I might have to do that. So uh, you get asked all the time, how close should you uh, plant a tree to the house, if, especially if you try to shade the roof a bit? Yeah, there's. Uh, it depends on what kind of tree it is. You know, Arizona ash, keep that thing away from the house. I mean, you know, like 30 feet, easily 30 feet away from the house. You get an oak tree, some of your, you know, your mesquite trees, things like that. Um, minimum, minimum of 15, and I would say 20 feet away from the house. You right. just don't want that thing close to the foundation, especially in our clay soils here in Corpus. You know, as sandy soils, it doesn't matter that much because they're going to go deeper trying to get to the water, but the clay soils here in Corpus, I mean, we're, Corpus Christi is farmland. That's what all this stuff is built on. Yep. It's just farmland. It's that old clay gumbo stuff, but it grows great crops. And it's, you know, it's tough on the foundation, though, because it does move a little bit. But keep it moist this time of year, especially, and don't don't plant your tree. I've seen too many times that some of you that get a brand new oak tree or a or just any kind of tree, and they plant it, you know, oh, I want some more shade, but they put it five, ten feet away from the house. Goodness gracious, don't do that. <laughs> the trees will get bigger, and the roots do, too, so yeah. just be careful with that. All right, Neil. Welcome back, buddy. I appreciate it. Thank you so All much. Right. You betcha. Have a great weekend, Jim. News Radio 1360, KKTX, Lido here. Glad you're along this morning. It is 06.53. So I get a text from Hull yesterday, and I'm looking at this uh, Supreme Court ruling. And it's funny because it led to something else. Um, The Constitution provides this uh, census which allocates congressional representation to the seats. The states then divide themselves into districts, and they do the same with state legislative seats and lesser jurisdictions as well. So the party in power draws the districts to its advantage. And, of course, the losers always whine. Much to my surprise, I found out in 1812, the losing party whined when Jerry, then governor of Massachusetts, and I'm talking about Elbridge Jerry, signed that uh, redistricting into law. They call it gerrymandering because one of the districts looked like a salamander on a map. And the Electoral College elected Gary twice. It's a hard G, right? Elbridge, Elbridge Gary. Are we mispronouncing this guy's name? Anyway, the Democrats have complained about gerrymandering, and you're going to hear more about it. Uh, federal courts have usurped the power of the states in some cases, by siding with the Democrats, but much of the grief for the Demo- uh, Democrats is uh, pretty much self-inflicted. They 
ignored the Constitution in that 65 Voting Rights Act and mandated congressional districts set aside for black voters. And no one is going to challenge that nonsense because no one wants to appear to be racist. But what that did was create sort of um, electoral ghettos. The Supreme Court said, too bad. Not anymore. They ruled Thursday that federal courts may not block gerrymandering in a 5-4 decision that fell along partisan lines. This is a quote. We conclude that partisan gerrymandering claims present political questions beyond the reach of the federal courts. That's uh, Justice John Roberts writing. He wrote that those asking the top court to block gerrymandered districts effectively sought an unprecedented expansion of judicial power. And it goes on. As uh, one of the 62 million people who voted for uh, Donald Trump, uh, I say, you know, you're welcome. And thank you. And some gratitude, too. Because if Merrick Garland and some other, you know, loony left were on the um, Supreme Court, I think states would lose their power to send who they want to Congress. Sadly, they struck the citizenship question from the census. That means uh, California will get three congressional seats. It does not deserve... I mean, states screw up. But when a state screws up, that hurts the people in that state, right? When a court, Supreme Court screws up, it hurts everybody. Gerrymandered. Named after a, um, what was it? Uh, He was... Hmm. We'll be back with uh, Brother Dave and the uh, All-Star Starters coming up. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.